Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again this week, and thank you for joining in every week at the same time. We are building a series uh, that we are teaching right now called The Seven I Am's of Jesus. Uh, there were seven times in the book of John that John said, uh, or that Jesus made the statement, I am. And the seven things that he says I am, we have covered three of them in the first 12 programs, and we are going to talk about I am the Good Shepherd today. We've already talked about I am the light of the world, I am the bread of life, and uh, I am the door. This series we're going to be talking about I am the Good Shepherd. And I thank you for joining in, and even those of you who are getting a lot of response from our YouTube page, so we thank you for joining us as well. And let me say to my audience that if you just tuned in for the first time, and you say, well, I really like this series, I wish I could have listened to the first 12 programs on this, I've got good news for you. If you have internet, you can. Uh, we archive everything that we air on our YouTube channel. And uh, you can go there and watch it on demand at your leisure. And uh, we post that so that you can uh, literally view it. You can uh, also get the audio portions of this uh, for your Apple device on iTunes by simply going to our, our podcast and listening to the podcast. We also have an RSS feed for your Android device. Now, the easiest way to do any of that is to go to our website at lynnhiles.com, and that information is right now on the screen. And uh, there will be in the upper right-hand corner in the opening page uh, an icon for YouTube, one for uh, iTunes, and one for an RSS feed Android. If you just simply tap on that, it'll take that link will take you directly to those pages. Uh, you can also hit like on my public profile page on Facebook, and we normally post uh, the program from the week that we've aired it, usually one day after the program airs, so that you can go there also and watch it. We have a lot of people who share these in their Wednesday night prayer meetings or in their home groups or what have you. Uh, we have even some colleges right now that are using some of our materials on a college level. So we encourage you to share them with your friends and uh, get folks to, to tune in and watch. I think we're sharing some things that I believe will really be a blessing to you. While you're at the website, if you'd like to simply give something to our ministry to help us continue to stay on the air, there is a link right there where you can give or even be set up a monthly debit to become a monthly partner. Uh, that being said, I want to jump into the Word today. We are going to be talking to you from John, St. John, the 10th chapter. Uh, last week we dealt with probably the first 10 verses of St. John chapter 10, where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And uh, then he says on down about verse 9, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Uh, now, uh, you know, what I want to say to you again is what I said to you last week. The thief of John 10, many believe, uh, is the devil. My, my opinion on that is that the devil is never mentioned in John chapter 10. Now, I'm not saying that the devil cannot kill, steal, and destroy, because John 10, verse 10 says, 
For the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's what our television program is named after is that very verse. But when we read that, see the context there does not mention the devil. It does tell you in verse 1 and in verse 9 what the thief is. And he tells you in John 10 verse 1 that all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that climbeth entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But the sheep did not hear them. Now, the, what I do when I'm usually preaching this is I say, touch your neighbor and say, some other way. Because the some other way in John 10 is the thief of John 10. If you think there's another way into the sheepfold other than through the door, which is Jesus, you are preaching another gospel. There's only one way into the sheepfold, and that's through Him. He is the door, and anything that offers you any other door is a thief and a robber. Matter of fact, I think many have thought they could enter into uh, the sheepfold through performance-based good works, and if I good works outweigh my bad works, then somehow I can get in. But you see, even in the context of what Jesus was teaching uh, in John 10, is that the some other way was through the law of the Mosaic system, except that that way did not produce life, because the Scripture says, if there was a commandment that could have given you life, then verily righteousness would have been by the law. And so if you think you're going to find God's favor through the law, it will become a thief or a robber to you, or any other alternative that you think is going to be the way into the sheepfold other than through the door will be a thief to you. It will rob you of your, of your life. I, you know, this, this is not just about heaven. It's about a quality of life right here and right now. Jesus was announcing something brand new of a brand new covenant that was coming on the scene. And as you go down through those verses, you can kind of clearly see that uh, the sheep, he said, did not hear uh, that voice because my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. And so, uh, you know, uh, the, the reality of it is he's the only door into the sheepfold. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And before this series is over, we're going to talk in detail and in depth about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my pastor. And so he is the good shepherd of the sheep. And in John 10, uh, of course it ends, and we ended uh, uh, the last segments with John 10, verse 10, For the thief cometh not but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. I am come that you might have life, and, and, and that you might have it more abundantly. And if the devil is involved at all in John 10, it is because he uses the weapon of the law as a weapon to form against you. Uh, you know, we say things, I mean Colossians says that when Jesus was crucified, he disarmed or spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And uh, what he did was he disarmed principalities. Now we could go down through that in the book of Colossians and say, well, what is his weapon? You know, we say things like, uh, I'm not ignorant of Satan's devices, but sometimes I think we're, we really are ignorant of them because the context of that scripture tells you 
what the weapon of the enemy really is. And it says in Colossians, I believe it is chapter 2 of Colossians, he says for uh, he, uh, he, he disarmed or spoiled principalities and powers, which is the Greek word that means he disarmed them and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. But the verse above or below that says, by taking the handwriting of ordinance that was against us and nailing it to his cross. So the handwriting of ordinance that was against us was the law. And he took the weapon of the law and the power of accusation and condemnation from the enemy. Now let me just tell you that the only thing the devil has is a mouth. And all he can do is bring accusation and condemnation against you. That's why he's called the accuser of the brethren. And uh, Revelation chapter 12 said the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. And that's good news. I believe that's not in our future. That's something that has already occurred. And when Jesus took the handwriting of ordinance, he literally took on him all of the curses of the law of Moses and nailed them to the tree because cursed is he who hangs on a tree to redeem us from the curse of the law so that the devil has no foothold to stand on to bring accusation or condemnation on your life. That's why the prophet Isaiah could say, no weapon formed against you can prosper. And any, uh, 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 any tongue that rises up against you in judgment or condemnation, you will utterly condemn, watch this, because your righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So when you realize that your righteousness is not based on your performance, but it's based on a gift of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross, and that it is not volatile, you are in right standing with God because He that knew no sin was made to be sin, so that you could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So our righteousness is not volatile. Our righteousness is of Him, and therefore we can silence the tongue of those who would rise up against us in judgment. And the weapon that's formed there is the weapon of condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Now let me just say to you there, that doesn't mean that He doesn't deal with us in our lives about things that He is wanting to heal or make whole or deal with. It means that He's not passing a sentence of death on you because the end of the law was you were condemned to death. It was a sentence, I, I, I like to use the analogy as well, uh, where uh, you know we had a flood in West Virginia back a year or so ago and down through places that were in floodplains. So many people uh, had their homes and, and, and uh, flooded, and the government came through, and they would, they would take paint cans and post on the side of that house, condemned, which means it is uninhabitable, not fit for habitation. I want to tell you some good news today. You are not uninhabitable. You, as a matter of fact, have been inhabited by the King of glory if you have in fact received Him into your life. And you've heard me quote this so many times on this program, but Revelation 21 says, look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood. He's made His home with men. That's from the Message Bible. God has moved in to the neighborhood. He's taken up residence. He started a major renovation program. And what the work of the Holy Spirit does now inside of us is it leads us and guides us into truth. 
and it testifies of all that Jesus has done in our lives. Uh, that being said, I want to get into verse 11 of John 10, because this is where he says, the fourth I am. This is the fourth time he will say, I am. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now watch this in verse, uh, um, verse number 12, and on down through verse 18. He said, but he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The, the hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and, and know my sheep, and, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep, watch this, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. He's talking about the Gentiles. He's beginning to hint of the inclusion of the Gentiles, which according to the book of Colossians chapter 1 is the mystery that was hid for ages, which was Christ in and among all of you, the hope of glory. It was the inclusion of the Gentiles that could be brought into the fold and he would make one fold. What I, let me just read this because he goes on to say that in just a moment. And he said, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd, not two folds and not two shepherds, but the inclusion and the bringing together of both Jew and Gentile, and the breaking down of the middle wall of partition, and making out of one one new man. I believe that sometimes that there are people who uh, want to separate and make uh, one group and another group, but see what Jesus did was made one fold and one shepherd. When we get into uh, where he says, I am the true vine, I'm going to deal with a lot of things about the inclusion of both Jew and Gentile because, see, uh, you know, people accuse us sometimes of teaching replacement theology, uh, which I respond to and say, we're not preaching replacement theology, we're preaching placement theology. That is, God placed both Jew and Gentile in Christ, and that Jesus is the true vine, and that it's not, the, the point is not the branches, the point is the root and the vine, and He is the true vine. And if you remember right, you know, when I started this series, you know, what we showed you was that every time Jesus says, I am, He said that in contrast to the fact that they thought something else was. In other words, He says to them, I am the bread of life. Now, you remember what I taught about that was He said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they're dead, but I'm the true bread. In other words, you thought that was the bread, but that's not the bread, I'm the bread. You thought that the law of Moses was the light, but that was not the light. I'm the true light. And even when he mentions the light of the world, uh, he begins his ministry by saying, in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, by the sea, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light in, in, in fulfillment, I believe it was, of Hosea's prophecy that prophesied those very words, which was also again him talking about the inclusion of the Gentiles and all men into the purposes of the, of the new covenant. 
And so, you know, uh, when he's saying, I am the door, he was saying, you thought the law of Moses was the door, but I'm telling you, that's not the door. I'm the door, and the only way in is through Jesus Christ. And I want to just, you know, know, that should never upset Christians. But it is amazing to me when you get on the hot button issues of, of Israel and the Gentiles, or Israel and the church, we, we, we want to be divisive over it. I'm telling you that it's included, but the only way it is included is through the new birth and through the new creation where neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. So if you're in the new creation, you are included in this life that He is offering through the door and through Him being the shepherd of the pasture. Now let me, he's talking about here again, there will be one fold and one shepherd, not, not a whole bunch of different ones, not one special deal for, for Israel and one for the church. It is one covenant that's based on Jesus being the federal head of the new covenant and uh, us being included because through Him we have become part of the house of Israel. Let me just say this to show you how I believe the new covenant is, is uh, we're part of the house of Israel. Uh, he says to them when they came up out of Egypt, he said, Israel is my firstborn, and out of Egypt have I called my son. Now he comes into uh, later into the Scriptures when Jesus comes on the scene, and he's threatened by Herod. His parents take him down into the land of Egypt where they flee from Herod because Herod is killing all the male children. And he quotes this very scripture, he said, so that the scripture might be fulfilled, Israel is my firstborn, and out of Egypt have I called my son. Jesus was the firstborn and he is the true Israel of God, and if we are in him, we are part of the Israel of God that included going clear back to the seed of Abraham because Jesus was the fulfillment of the Abrahamic pro, uh, pro, uh, prophetic word and Abrahamic promise that out of your loins will come a seed. Now the book of Galatians grabs that and says, not seeds as of many, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called at one seed, and thy seed, just one seed, not seeds as of many, but one seed, and thy seed he goes on to say, which is Christ's. And if you be Christ's, in other words, if you belong to Him, here's good news for you. You're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise of the Abrahamic blessings and covenant. You are heirs according to that promise. And if you are not Abraham's seed and you are not the true Israel of God, then you have no access to the new covenant because the book of Hebrews says, uh, uh, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And he's talking about the new covenant there. We're included in the new covenant because Jesus is the federal head and he is the fulfillment of the seed of Abraham. And through our new birth, we are included as part of that seed. Therefore, we have entered in to the sheepfold. That's not two sheepfolds. It's one sheepfold with one shepherd and one door, and one way, and one access, one way in, and anything else is not. That's why Jesus is declaring and making these statements in John, is He's saying that I am, you thought that was, but it's not. I am the door. I am the light. 
I am the bread of life. And he will go through here, and uh, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting to me, he makes seven statements from the cross. There are, I believe, seven miracles. There, the, 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 everything is hand-picked to show you something. But I, as I really looked into these I am's, almost everyone we have dealt with, and probably as we go on, we're going to see just a little bit of a, uh, a, 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 a trend that's being set, that he's really talking about uh, inclusion of the Gentiles, because what's happening is they are stepping down into the last days of this old covenant, and God is going to begin to uh, offer a new covenant with the house of Israel, and He's going to do it through the door, which is Jesus Christ. So He goes on to say, and this, he said, and, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Don't you know how much peace that would bring if we could really get our head around this? I, I believe it would bring peace in the Middle East if we could see that God had included both Jew and Gentile, both Palestinian, Arab, Chinese, Russian, American, all people in Christ, and that the dividing lines are not over territories any longer, that we've been brought into a promised land. And that promised land, according to Hebrews 4, is rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ in the new covenant. And so we are part of that. We, we, we can literally live right now in Christ our promised land, for in Christ all of God's promises are yes and amen. Jesus was the fulfillment of the promises. When the Holy Spirit came, He said, go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Spirit, because that was all what was going to be poured out as the gift to us, to include us in this incredible Father-Son relationship that He was talking about in this chapter especially that He and the Father were involved in. He goes on to say, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. He, he was delivered for our offenses, and He was raised for our justification. And because He had power to lay down His life, because He had no wages of sin coming, He could not only lay His life down, but take it up again. And the power of a resurrected life could be handed to us as believers. And not only did that do that, but it gave Him jurisdiction and authority. As high as the highest heaven and as low as the, uh, of the lowest hell. He took the keys of hell and of death and ascended, and when He did, He laid captives in His train, because He now had authority where death would no longer have the final word over us. That's why as believers in the New Covenant, we have the opportunity to receive this incredible uh, eternal life and this manifestation of His life that is ours. Once again, remember, see, I've mentioned this over and over and over again, that this life that we're talking about is not just a life when you get to heaven. That's included. That's one of the things that he's saying here is, listen, even death does not end your life. For believers, 
I believe as he said to Lazarus, he said to him, uh, your brother will rise again at the last day. But uh, and Mary, or Mary said, Lord, I know my brother will rise again at the last day. And Jesus said to, to them, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet will he live. Yet he who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, when Jesus said that, he was telling them there is a life that's coming in this new covenant, where for believers, they simply, at the moment of their death, they pass from death to life. They take one breath, and they're on the other side of glory. I don't believe our loved ones are waiting to be with the Lord. I believe that the moment uh, they take their last breath, they are present with the Lord. And so for believers, if that's not how it is, then what Jesus said to Lazarus, nobody has lived and believed for 2,000 years. But he said, he who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And uh, I, I believe it. And I believe for my dad today, who has gone on to be with the Lord a few years back, that he is not waiting someday uh, for a resurrection. I believe that that resurrection uh, has already occurred, and he's already standing in the portals of glory, cheering us onto the finish line in the great cloud of witnesses that are there cheering us on to the finish line. And so, you know, I, I just want to say to you that the contrast again here is you thought they were the shepherds. Let me read one other verse, and, and then I will come back and try to pick this up in the next segment. Isaiah 56, verse 8 through 11 said, The Lord God which gathereth the outcast of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. He's talking about the Gentiles there. He said, All ye beasts of the field come to, come to devour, yea, all ye beasts of the forest. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. Shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone to his own game from his quarter. Jesus is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees here. And he talks about them as being blind. Matthew 15, verse 13 through 14, 14 says, But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be the blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. So he was saying, You thought these wicked sh uh, shepherds who were the leaders of the religious sect of Israel were the shepherds, but he calls them blind dogs. I think that's what he's talking to when he says, you know, don't cast your pearls before swine and don't give that which is holy to dogs. He's talking about these religious dudes that would turn on you and rend you for a reality of life that he was offering to them, and that's exactly what they did. And he's saying to them, you thought they were the shepherds, but they're not the shepherd. I'm the true shepherd. Oh, I love him today, don't you? He's the good shepherd. We're just about out of time, and if you just uh, take a moment and you do this, it would really be a blessing to help us uh, to stay on the air. If you'd like to give or so into this ministry, a gift that helps us bless the nations of the earth through television, please do that by calling the number on the screen. Uh, someone will be there to take your call. If you don't get an answer, leave a message. We'll call you back. The easiest way to do it is go to our website, and you can give via credit card, debit card, or you can send a check or money order to the address that will come up 
on the screen in just a moment. And uh, your help is deeply, deeply appreciated and coveted. If you could do that, it would be a great blessing to you. We need your partnership. Thank you again for joining us this week. God bless you. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.